Welcome to True Crime Oddities. Oh, welcome everyone. We're your host. I'm Jen. And I'm Jeannie. Thanks for eavesdropping. Yeah, thanks everyone. For 1922. Mm-hmm. March 14th. Mm-hmm. International. We're going to England. Yes, we are. And this is on the Pantry Boy. I know. A very sweet and kind Pantry Boy. A very sweet. So this is this is a little different. It and, is. And it's, it's kind of entertaining as well. Our oddity of this one is... I just want to bounce back up and say hello. I know. Hi. Hey. Like, that's what I'm picturing right there. All right. Can you imagine? <laughs> we are going to be discussing Henry Julius Jacoby. That's what I said. Okay. Yeah. He's 18. And he is described as like a very skinny, scrawny, like weighing a buck 25. Right. Curly hair, soft spoken. Yep. Extremely polite young man very yeah and he just looks like like a comedian he does like a great happy personality guy when i saw his picture i was like smiling yeah (laughs) he's a happy dude he's a very happy happy guy and he does come from a broken home very poor home i want to say that he kind of lived in like a uh like a boarding house of some sort Mm -hmm. because in all the census details that i found um, it's like 20 men and women of all different ages yeah. also living in the same residence of him. I'm sure he was in a boarding house. Yeah. Um, probably, they probably rented a room in there. Yeah. That's what I would think. Mm-hmm. He also had this thing where he had a, um, a nervous twitch about him and like a twitch on his face <laughs> and it would always make him appear like he had this creepy smile. Like, it made me think of the movie Smile. I've seen that movie. Have you? Yeah. It just seems really freaky. Yeah. Constantly smiling. (laughs) That would be a little weird. Yeah. So I I feel like maybe when he was, like, in an uncomfortable situation, all of a sudden, like, the smile breaks out. I could see that. Yeah. (laughs) I get a horrible giggle when bad things happen. (laughs) I just, I'm quiet. I'm very quiet when I'm uncomfortable. No, I... Yeah, Terry's mom's funeral. Mm-hmm. Giggles. Oh, man. I mean, I and I, giggles, I had to get up and walk out because I couldn't stop. Yeah. Funerals I'm uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. I start looking around as if I'm, like, at a museum or something, and there's things to look at everywhere except in front of you with right. the service. I'm just, like, all over the place. I'm, like, I'm better to, like, the after part where, like. Yeah, I'm good with the after part and yeah. I can do all that. But I don't know what it is. When I'm uncomfortable like that. Yeah. The giggles start. And, yeah. and I've tried to control it. Mm-hmm. And just. It, they just, they don't stop. <laughs> it's uncontrollable. I'm sure a lot of people have, like, that strange thing. Right. <laughs> Well, Henry started working at the age of six. Again, 1922. hmm I don't think that's, like, super odd. Um, but he's always been working. And at this point, he's working at Spencer Hotel in London. Um, I, I looked up to see if I could find anything with Spencer currently, like if it's turned into, I don't know, a Ritz or a Fairmont or a something. No, I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything either, but there is a lot of information about Spencer Hotel. There but, is. But not that it's been turned into anything. So I kind of feel like throughout time, it probably just got demolished. It wasn't probably like recognized as like, No, that or maybe great, they turned it into a boarding house or something, something like that. Yeah. But back then, 
It was a like a five star hotel. It was. It was really fancy. It was the rich people's playground. Yeah, and Henry was a pantry boy. Um, which yeah. <laughs> I had to look that up because I'm like, what is a pantry boy? Right. You yeah. know, and it's like so boring because it's like, oh, someone who helps in the kitchen, whatever does whatever the chef wants them to do. Yeah. Well, that's boring. Yeah, I I was. Figuring he's probably just like stocking food or what have you. Yeah. The names are interesting. When I heard pantry, I was like, oh, so they just had him like. Did he live in the pantry? Right. Like just just stocking food. Yeah. That's what I immediately thought. I'm like, oh, he's just putting stuff in a pantry because he's a pantry boy. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But I also read that you try like you if you start off as like a pantry in the pantry boy Mm -hmm. uh, status, then you try to like work your way up to like butler Oh. So I don't know how those go hand in hand in the hotel. Um, But yeah, like apparently a lot of pantry boys were. You know why? Because if you can work for a demanding chef. Well, yeah. Then you can be a butler for a demanding person. That's very, very true. Right? Yes. Very true. Um, And he, Henry didn't just work though as a pantry boy. He basically did whatever the hotel manager wanted him to do. Yeah. He was all over the place. And because of that, uh, they allowed him to live in the basement. That was very kind. Very kind of the hotel, especially a five-star hotel. Right. And you're letting an employee, like, crash in the basement area. I know. I feel like that's unusual. I would think so. Um, I, I don't think that wouldn't fly today, but I would think mm-hmm. that that is not usually how they operate. Probably not. Um, But I also kind of think that maybe they did it for a variety of reasons and probably used his kindness for other jobs, whether, quote unquote, like security or. Right. I mean, it's a five star hotel. I'm sure they had, you know, bringing the luggage in or taking it to docks or wherever, Uh trains, whatever was going on at that time. Uh Um, You know, I read that he also did like a lot, like he worked a lot of hours. And back then there was like, there was no overtime, no double time. No, but I could see that because he lived on the premises, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're going home. Yeah. It's like, I got a guy at any hour. I got a guy. Yeah. Because they're going to go down there and wake him up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, One of the tasks that the manager asked Henry to do was to go around to the rooms in the evenings. I thought this was so interesting. Uh. When I had read it, I think you had researched this, right? Yeah. He collected shoes from the guests. Yeah. So the hotel manager would have him go around every night in the evening to collect the hotel guest shoes (laughs) so he could shine them and bring them back to him. So fancy. And I'm thinking, I've never stayed at a hotel where they've collected my shoes. No. Nor would I let them collect my (laughs) shoes. Okay, I might. You would. Yeah. You can make them shiny and pretty, sure. Why not? I know, but that, I mean, it's just like weird. So what does he do? Bring a wheelbarrow around to collect them all? Kind of what I'm picturing, like some sort of like a cart or something where you like go around, knock on doors. Right. you have any shoes you want to give me? Put little tags on them. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, especially because he would go around in the evening. Like what time in the evening? Well, that's what I was thinking. What what would be considered evening? That part they didn't say, but I mean... Because you would think of, if people were there, and this was the the posh playground, right? right. I mean, so it ha- you would think that they'd go late into the night, right? I would think so. I mean, I would, maybe not. I don't. I'm um, yeah. Maybe Good. nine. Maybe. 
Uh, Lady Alice White was also staying at Spencer Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a 60-year-old widow of a chairman um, who had passed away. He was on the London County Council, like High um, Society. Yes, I did read that. Mm-hmm. And um, so even though she seems like she's, I love it because she's like described as being super old. Like 60s, not that old. I know. I was like, ah, uh, wait a minute here. It's the new 40s. Exactly. That's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, yeah I'm rolling with that. <laughs> so she's staying there. And again, we are in March 14th of 1922. It is a sold out night at the hotel. A it's big party. Packed. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty packed. Um, So Henry had his work cut out for him. Uh, definitely not the pay. Pay was very minimal. Right. But, you know, he did his job, and then after that, he went to go to the basement to go to bed, as one does. Mm-hmm. After a hard day's work. Yeah. So the next morning, mm-hmm. maid service. I got to say, that's bright and early. I better not knock eight, on my door at 8 a.m. Yeah. That's too early for maid service. Uh, okay. And especially because this was supposed to be the playground, right? Right. So who would be up at 8 a.m.? Yeah, not me. If they're partying. Yeah, well, maybe because, you know, she's a senior citizen at 60 years old. <laughs> maybe. You know, some of those that are getting close to that age, you know. Yeah. They don't go out and party at all. No, we like, don't. Like us younger ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, a maid starts her shift, goes to uh, to Lady Alice White's room, room 14. And right after she goes in, she's immediately, like, running back out screaming. Waking everybody up. Thank you. At 8 a.m. Yeah. Thank you, chambermaid. <laughs> so she found Lady White pretty much dying in her bed. She was yeah. like barely alive. I mean, she was alive, but barely. Right. And her head had been battered, like battered. Uh, something pretty heavy hit her. Hit her head. Yeah. There was a lot of blood. But, you know, head wounds always seem to be messy. Yeah. For some reason, the noggin bleeds a lot. Yeah. A lot. Um. And, of course, this being, you know, a five-star hotel, like, we don't want the publicity. Like, we no. don't want all this stuff going on here. Um, but they did call authorities immediately, obviously, like, medical. Uh-huh. You know, let's get her out. Right. Let's figure out what's going on. And an investigation starts immediately. Yep. I don't know. Did they call them the police in London? They did. Okay. Or Bobbies. Bobbies. Yeah. I knew there was another word. hmm Yeah. Well, they were looking around, and they didn't see anything for, like, a robbery, though. No, because uh, there was no forced entry or anything Mm-mm. into the room. No, nothing. So, inside job. Had to be. Yeah, they immediately went for that. Mm-hmm. They did question all the staff. They heard that Henry had been sleeping in the basement, so he's a great person to start with. Why not? Yeah, you're there all night. Right. So, what did you see? Yeah. Um, and so... When they start talking and they start questioning all the staff, all the guests, whereabouts, did anybody see anybody? Um, they started to interview Henry, of course, and pretty much immediately they felt like he was lying. Yeah, that's what the uh, the police felt was that he was not telling the truth about like who he was and where he came from and yeah, very you know, mysterious whole all of a sudden background and everything. Yeah, but he forgets that he works with all these other people that. <laughs> You know, know a story. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't quite, you know, so the police started looking at him harder because they're like, why the frick are you lying to us? Right. I mean, obviously now he's looking even more suspicious. Correct. As a suspect because you're lying and other people are 
saying things about you. Like, uh-huh. That doesn't make it very easy. I mean, no, the police started to lean into him, I would say, a lot more right. aggressively. I think they focused in on their suspect. Yeah, definitely. Um, they asked him, and he said that he was just, you know, asleep in his room, mm-hmm. and he got woken up by a noise. Yes. And he thought that the hotel was being robbed. Right. Uh, so he decided that he was going to, you know, be a hero. and Good you know, plan. Change how people see him. Right, you know? change his status. Yeah, he wanted to... Move up in the world. And what better way than to be a hero? Correct. Because if you're a hero, you're, you know... Yeah. You saved everyone in the hotel, right? Mm-hmm. And because he's, you know, sleeping in the basement, he had tools that were all around him because maintenance, all of yeah. that. It's very easy. So he goes ahead, he grabs a hammer that was in the basement, and he starts to go up to find the robbers. Yes, he did. And he said that he went room to room yes, looking for these robbers, which is really interesting because are the doors not locked? Like, I would think that you would go up and try, like, there should be a list, right, of, like, who is staying in what room. Right. I, granted, I know it's 1922 and you don't have computers telling you all of this, but you would know which rooms are occupied and which ones aren't. Right, but the hotel was sold out, so we knew all the rooms were occupied. Yeah, so what do you and room for room for? They would have to, they would have a list as to who's staying in what room. Yeah. You know, they use the archaic way of a pen and paper. Exactly. Um, yeah, so when you're going room to room, why would you be going room to room? Why wouldn't you be, like, searching? I feel like the police were thinking the same thing. Right. You know, like, please explain that a little more on what you were doing. Plus, I was thinking there had to have been other staff there. There has to be. And not, you know, a I fancy mean, hotel. Right. They're people not, want things at different times of the night. Yeah. You know, there had to have been something that was going on. But he said that he ended up in room 14, which happened to be Lady White's room. Um, he said that it was really dark in the room, but he could see somebody, like, moving. And he did hear, he said, like, some sort of, like, mumbling of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, so he thought it was, you know, multiple robbers. And... He thought he was, you know, he was going to be attacked by these multiple robbers. Right. So he just started swinging that hammer first. Yep. Like, you know, I'm going to get them. Get them before they get me. Yeah. So he kept doing that until he didn't hear anything anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he left the room and he went, he went back to bed. <laughs> yeah. <He's laughs> so like- you have these robbers that... You just attacked, mm-hmm. and they're quiet, which is why you think you got them. Right, and so my first thought would be, you know, uh, I'm tired now, because that took a lot out of me. Right, my energy is gone. I had a hard day at work, and I, I had to, to nap. Like, get some robbers. But on the same token, like, wouldn't you suspect then that you killed a couple people or killed a person, killed somebody because you don't hear them anymore. So, you know, I mean, he knows that the hotel's full, right? Right. So that's somebody's room. Yeah. So you don't think enough to like, oh, you killed the robbers or wounded them or whatever. What about the person that was staying in the room? What if it was a couple? Right. I mean, yeah, I find that really interesting that his response is that he just went back to bed. Because he kind of knows who's staying in what room because he collects all the shoes of the people. Exactly. So he knew that that was Lady he, White's room. He knew where he was at. I yeah. really feel like he knew where he was at. So, but you wouldn't check to see if Lady White was okay? The robbers yeah. were in her room, right? Right. 
So I feel like there was like a misconnect there. And and so did the police. I mean, they didn't believe him. And, you know, they go down to his room with him. Mm-hmm. And they find a very newly cleaned looking hammer. Hmm. Um, so they're just like, hmm, okay, why is this so clean? And then upon searching a little bit more on Henry himself, they find two bloody handkerchiefs in his pocket. Mm. I mean, he really didn't go a long ways as to hide everything. Hide everything. Yeah. So, of course, you know, Henry gives them the handkerchiefs. They t- and then they take him down to the police station. Yep. And he gives a confession. Now, it was said, though, that the police had him for like four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. No attorney, no nothing. It was just him and the cops. And right. it was said that the police were extremely aggressive with him, forcing a confession out of him. Um, and making it seem like it was something else. Like he went in there with intention to kill. Right. So. Well, but he intended on doing something because why did he bring the hammer with him? Robbers or not. You're swinging at something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so there's like this really, well, like a four and a half hour you know, time, going back and forth, asking questions. Um, And then all of a sudden, uh, the story changes. Right. Which kind of made, actually, more sense. It did. So the reason why there wasn't any forced entry, and it was an inside job, is because Henry did work a lot, but didn't really get a lot of money. No. So he was going room to room. He had little truths in there. He was going room to room. Right. But he was trying to find a room that was actually unlocked Mm -hmm. so he could get in and steal from that guest. He took the hammer with him Mm -hmm. just in case he needed it. Because, again, you're just walking into a room. You don't know if he didn't know if he was walking into some gentleman's room, some couple's room. Like, he was just ready for whatever he came upon. Right. So he goes into this room, room 14, and it's dark. And he's there to steal stuff. He does hear some mumbling. And then the hammer starts swinging. <laughs> um, right when he, you know, had heard the mumbling and he started swinging, that's when um, he, like, lit a torch, basically. And he had found out that he had hit Lady White in the head. Right. But then she's still moaning. <laughs> so you gotta finish the job no, right you, you right. can't leave it you can't leave it undone right so he said that he hit her like several times in the head hoping that one no you know like she wouldn't be able to report him right right nobody would find out about this yeah because he was afraid of that yeah so he just bashed her head in even more hoping to just kill her and he thought he did Yes, he did. I mean, he really thought it, that she was gone, and, and he did feel bad about that because he was like, I was just there to steal. <laughs> right. I, but she woke up and surprised me, startled well, me, which so startled her. That, <laughs> so it's her fault. It is her fault. <laughs> if she would have just stayed asleep, everything would have been fine. Right. Um, the other thing, too, that Henry thought, you know, because he kind of, you know, he was arrested for m- murder because... Lady White ended up through this process. She died two days later after yeah. the, you know, from the head wounds. She did not survive. Um, but he thought 
in Henry's mind, like if I confess and give you the real story, mm-hmm. maybe, I mean, I'm going to get in trouble, of course. You're right. But it won't be that bad. No, it won't be. Right. So this is what he was going for. Um, but he gets arrested for murder at this point. And, you know, they take both of his statements, the one that he gave that evening about the bur- burglary and mm-hmm. then the confession that he, you know, turned around and was like, no, I did it, blah, blah, blah. And they take that to court um, to use against him to convict right. him. So everything gets presented all over again. <laughs> what were you going to say? I know you're like biting at the nip there. <laughs> no, because I was thinking, well, I guess he was telling half truths because mm-hmm. there, there was a burglar. It was him. Exactly. You know, so there was there was parts of the story that were true. Do you think because he gave like parts of the story that were true, like going room to room, a burglar in the area, mm-hmm. you know, using a hammer to possibly, you know, need for protection if needed. I feel like those were all truths because if you enter into some guy's room, mm-hmm. he was a scrawny, again, a buck 25 is what he weighed, 125. Right. He could have, somebody just would have snapped him. Snapped him. Yeah. So I do feel like him saying that, you know, he took the hammer precaution. Yeah, definitely. A burglar. Yeah, definitely. Right. You know, so I feel like that made it easier for him to make those statements because it was. Yeah, because he was given uh, parts of the truth. Mm -hmm. It, It was just the filler that wasn't. Correct. Yeah. And he did say that, you know, after he had noticed what he did, when he, you know, just, just saw what I did to the lady white there. I was like, oh, I better go clean this hammer off. <laughs> right. You know, he said he went to the basement, cleaned it off right in the sink. He used the handkerchief to like get the excess part that he couldn't just wash off. And, um, you know, and then, yeah, again, truth. He went back to bed because right. that's what he did. Just like how it didn't make sense when he told the story in the first place. Right. But again, if you're working with all these half-truths, then he was honest. <laughs> that he was. Um, I thought his character, I think a lot of people really liked his personality as an inmate. Yeah. I think he was like a winning inmate. Yeah. Um, again, this happened in March. So, you know, April, May, you get the court, the whole thing. Right. Uh, when he goes to court, did you pick up on this? They they brought him to court in a taxi from the prison. I did. <laughs> Excuse me, we're just going to hail a cab so we can uh, escort our person who's on charge for murder. Right, murder. You we're, know, going to trial for. And I can't imagine that they had him in any sorts of like handcuffs, chains, or whatever else they would bring other no. people in. Um, no, he just rolls up in a cab. Like <laughs> peace. That's how I roll. I'm going to court today. Right? (laughs) Um, And, of course, you know, the judge, I think the judge was really annoyed with the fact that Henry gave a hero story. Right. And then turned around and confessed to trying to steal. Right. I think the judge really had a thing for Henry. I think everybody did. Well, I think everybody, yeah, like in like the yeah. police and the court, but I do feel like at well, the prison, they loved him. I know, but even the judge, I mean, because I don't know if the judge had kids, but Henry looked like a kid. He did look like a child. You know, so, yeah. I yeah. mean, that would be kind of hard. Yeah, but the judge was always so, he just seemed very 
mean, like you're going to get what you get kind of attitude. I think he was by the book. He was very, very much by the book. Um, once they start getting into it and, he, and he, you know, again, Henry has to go through a story, like the real story of like what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he made it, Henry even made it known that, um, I don't know if you know this, we're supposed to be doing a podcast right now. It's <laughs> 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 <That's> my alarm. <laughs> um, Henry made it known though, that he thought by confessing and giving the truth, like the judge would punish him less. Right. And he told the judge this, which I think really pissed off the judge more. I think more. they did. I don't think that helped him. No, I don't think so. So, you know, everything, all the evidence, the confession, everything's there. It goes to the jury. The jury hears the testimony. And, of course, the jury, you know, they leave to go figure out their verdict. Mm-hmm. But they came back with a question for the judge. And... They said that um, even though they didn't believe the story of the burglar. Right. Um, they did believe, you know, that he did go to room to room to like rob, but they didn't think that he went there with the intent to murder a person. Right. They just really felt like he's just a thief. Um, and they wanted to reduce the charge from murder to manslaughter. And the judge was like, hmm, No. Don't think so. The judge replied with, uh, you have to ask yourself this question. Did he strike Lady White intending to either kill or inflict bodily harm? And it's like, obviously, he took a hammer. So you're going to have bodily harm of some sort, right? Right. He brought the hammer with him. So there's intent. There's an intent there. Because you don't don't bring a weapon unless you plan on using it. Exactly. So he said uh, to the jury that even if he struck her intending only to inflict the bodily harm, uh-huh. the victim died from the blow. He'd get found guilty of murder. Right. You can't, you can't have a verdict any other way. Which I find super interesting that the judge is basically telling the jury, you're going to find him guilty of murder. Right. That was there's, pretty much it. Yeah. There's no other way that you can see this because that's what it is. It's murder. So, but I mean, it really is because, you know, in the whole scheme of things, he didn't hit her. I mean, he hit her once. Right. He could have stopped there and ran out of the room. I mean, she was older. She's not going to, you know, be able to chase him down. Not that old. I know, but in that time, (laughs) she was, she was ancient. She's so feeble. (laughs) She couldn't walk. But he continued to hit her. He did. Yeah. So. I mean, he turned on the light and was like, eh, got to finish. Right. He could (laughs) have left. I mean, she didn't know it was him. Right. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought it was, in, like, why have the jury for this judge if you already you already had the verdict? He's like, dude, they're coming. you yeah. guys are coming back guilty with murder. Right. I'm telling you now. This is what's going to happen. And that's what happened. The, the jury came back, and they were like, well, guilty. Guilty. Because you told us so. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the, the jury did ask for a request of mercy. I know. I thought that was interesting. Like punishment for life, anything but death. Yeah, they don't want to. Please orders. don't. Yeah. No execution. I think it was because he was so young. It was. And he was very personable. He definitely was. He was definitely not like your typical murderer. I think he was just a charming thief. Yes. Right? Right. I think he would smile and make you comfortable for giving well, you his shoes. How many of those people were sit on the jury had children? Yeah. And that, you know, and then you're looking at, at a, a child. child. 
mm-hmm. you know. Curly hair, curly blonde hair. Blue eye, yeah. you know, this little scrawny kid, 125 pounds. And he didn't, he didn't look like rough around the edges, like he was from the streets. That's the other thing. Right. I he mean, did not he, have that appearance. No. Yeah. So I could see where it'd be hard. Yeah. You know. Definitely difficult for that. But it doesn't excuse what he did. So they find him guilty and the sentence is death. Death. <laughs> it's death. So the executioner goes to visit Henry. Mm-hmm. Because he needs to calculate how much Henry weighs so that when he drops him, like, you know, he drops properly. Correct. So he goes to visit Henry, and um, he sees him playing in the prison yard. He's playing cricket with, like, other prisoners. Like, you're dying tomorrow, and you're, like, running around (laughs) playing cricket. But I'm thinking also, they're playing cricket. That has mallets and stuff. That's what I was thinking. And hard balls. Hard balls, right? Or, I mean, or is this, like, a, like... You know, cricket playing with, like, I don't know, another, using something else. Using something else. Yeah. So, anyway, he sees him out there. He's, like, laughing and chatting. Like, you would, all the executioner thought was, this just made my job more difficult because I'm seeing this kid, like, run around and play, and I'm the one who has to, like, execute him tomorrow. How? How? Right. You know? It was messing with the executioner's head, for sure. I could see that. Yeah. On top of that, this, I thought, was uh, for this, like, for the 1920s, I thought was really um, also, like, an interesting fact is that Henry had a reporter from pretty much the day that he started going to court on this who would come to his prison cell and, like, talk to him mm-hmm. on, on, like, a regular basis. And, like, the reporter really liked him, too. Like, he was just so friendly and so nice to everybody. That's the part that sucks. Yeah. Um, so the reporter was the one who was like watching the executioner watch Henry play. And, you know, he was reporting about all of this. Um, even the governor liked Henry, the <laughs> governor who probably had the power to change the execution. I don't know if he did. You don't think so? No, because um, so there are some other cases I've been reading up on. Uh-huh. And a lot of it had to do with like. The queen had to. Oh, okay. You know, because yeah. we're, we're dealing with that. We're not dealing okay. with here. But it, the orders had to come from the queen. I see. Well, still, he was in the governor's pocket for sure because the governor really liked him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the governor felt horrible that they had to, uh, that they're going to have to execute him. Yeah. Um, and Henry was like chatting with him and he told the governor, he's like, I just wish I could purchase all the rope in the country. So the execution wouldn't happen. And then uh, and then he's like, but then the hangman would have to just buy, like would have to use a rubber rope on me. And he started laughing at the image of himself like being hung with a rubber rope. Right. And he, he, told, he told the governor, he's like, you know what? When they go to execute me and you know when I drop through the box in the trap – He's like, I would bounce right back up and I would say hello to everybody. <laughs> that was like crazy. I'm like, I'm dying. Bounce back up and say hello. Like he was very happy-go-lucky for a man that's just about to But be I also executed. wonder if he really thought he was going to be executed. I think at this point he really still thought that he wasn't. He made the comment to the reporter that um, 
how did he say it? He said that he knew um, that he was going to get in trouble. Right. You know, but he didn't. He didn't think that they were going to execute him. No, he thought they thought he was going to be punished for what he did. Right. But they're just straight up executing him yeah. instead. But you know, I also think that he he thought he was going to stay get a stay because one of his friends did. Correct. But his friend got it for insanity. Yes. Yeah. And so I think Henry was probably hoping that he would also. Mm-hmm. But they. No. He was not insane. No. So the next morning came. I mean, I felt I feel bad for the executioner because he was feeling bad. But the next morning came at 9 a.m. Right. June 5th, 1922. Henry walked the gallows, but he was like the he was the calmest person there. Mm-hmm. Nobody else was calm. He was calm. And it was really well noted about how calm he was. And as he's walking towards like basically his death. Right. He is stopping along the way to like console and thank the guards like thank yeah. you thank you for being so kind to me thank, and yeah like i'm satisfied with the sentencing right this isn't on you it was me <laughs> like well i mean so you had to take it with i mean at least he knew what he you know he, yeah he, at the end he was taking ownership of it he took yeah he definitely took ownership and he definitely made everybody feel better or right. worse that they were executing him i don't I know don't i don't know, know how you would take that but yeah. Um, and ultimately, yeah, he was executed. I mean, it did, there was no phone call. There was no, nothing stopped it. It no, happened. It happened. You know, it only took three months from the crime to the execution. Like, right? boom, boom, boom. That was crazy. Everything so fast back then. There was no, mm-hmm. no waiting for everything. After it was all said and done, though, um, well, actually, right before his execution happened, mm-hmm. he did have a rally of people. Yeah, there was a lot of people that supported him. Yeah, they had like over 100 signatures, hundreds of signatures, basically. And it was because of his age, his demeanor. Like, he, I think people really couldn't wrap their mind, you know, having somebody so young be executed. Right. And especially, you know, smiling because he had that nervous twitch. (laughs) Right. So, you know, he's like, could you imagine he's like going out there for his execution and he's like smiling at people as he's going because he's nervous. Right. <laughs> like be, I would be giggling all the way out there. there. <laughs> and they'd Creepy. be going, look at that psycho. Creepy. <laughs> right. And there was a lot of other people that thought that his, you know, his confession was actually coerced, um, that they didn't, they didn't really feel like he actually could kill Lady White because you look at him and you're like, how could he do that? Right. I, I think people, but I, you know, but it was dark. He just started swinging. I don't know. I, I can see him. No, because he lit the torch and he finished the. Well, it, and that's the so, thing. He lit the torch and finished you it. You know, and that's the whole thing is right. that he did. And I mean, I believe he did it. Yes, I definitely but, believe he did it. Yeah. I mean, because there could be a whole other side to him that people don't see, you know. Yeah, like the Joker, right? right? It's like that, like the smiley, <laughs> mm-hmm. gotcha. Like the movie Smile. I'm sure that's what that's about. So <laughs> I'm not watching it. <laughs> so after his death, you know, there's usually somebody that's going to like claim the body. Yeah. His dad appears. Yeah, wasn't that surprising? He, like all of a sudden your father appears now after this has been in the newspaper he was like oblivious to this right he got tracked down 
Um, he was a barman, same name. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why or how nobody was like, hey, there's also a Henry Jacoby that is going to be executed. Like, nobody right. gave him a heads up at the bar. But who knows? Yeah. Anyway, they tracked him down to identify his son's body. He hadn't seen his son in years. Um, he didn't even know that he worked as a pantry boy in London. The, no. The, he, he thought he was a silversmith. Yeah. He had no idea he was even in London. No Nothing. He hadn't seen the kid in years. Yeah. Apparently, Henry was one of four of the youngest people executed in England. Yeah. So, and then there was a, an interesting thing that you found out mm-hmm. about a statement. Yeah. So when I was reading it, it was interesting because he, he had made this quote. And he said, um, he stated, please excuse the curious signature as this is what I shall be buried under. Wow. You know what he was talking about? No. What was he talking about? His inmate number. So that was oh. going to be his marker on the grave. So when he signed his final letter, he, he, he signed it with his inmate number. Interesting. He said, you know, so that's where he was going to be buried. Prisoner. Wow. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That is interesting. You know, I don't know. It was kind of, it was an interesting story. It was an interesting story in the sense that it was somebody that you would not suspect. Yeah. And yet here this like nice guy is doing that. You never know. You never know. Never ever. That smile. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you for eavesdropping. Yes. Thank you, everyone. Join us again next time. Bye. See ya.